Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and we got a very special episode for you. Today, our guest is none other than the singer-songwriter Meg Warren. She just released a brand new EP titled A Thousand Ways, and on that EP is a song called Bomb and CBC just rated that as one of the most underrated songs in Canada. And you know what? I agree. (laughs) And uh, at the end of this interview, you are going to hear it today. And yeah, this was just a great talk with Meg. Uh, We covered so many things. We were all over the place. But um, it was good. And almost like all these episodes, uh, when I meet somebody new, it kind of starts off like a standard interview. And we get deeper and deeper as we get more comfy into the conversation and uh yeah we talk about everything from like the east coast where she's originally from she's now living in toronto we cover talks about mental health and healing through art and music and even somehow all of this leads to us talking about the legend of zelda (laughs) Uh, this was such an enjoyable chat And I think you guys are going to love Meg. And before we get into this one, I want to thank everybody who's joined and subscribed to the Patreon page. There's a small handful of you. And I want to say every little bit helps. And you guys are actually covering like some web hosting stuff. Like I mentioned on many episodes, everything from that page goes back directly into the show. But anywho, it's been a couple weeks since I released one of these, and uh, I apologize. Just life's been a little crazy, but um, I had to get some things out of the way. And almost taking that step back put us in a position where we're going to be able to be more consistent with releasing these episodes. I got three other ones that are pre-recorded and uh yeah that's all coming your way really soon so i want to thank you for being patient with me and without further ado let's just get into this one here's meg warren coming at you right now I got uh, your new single into my email the other week and uh, a little message saying, hey, would you like to interview her? I pressed play on that and I was just like, fuck yeah, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> really, really yeah. love the vibe of it. It's uh, it's kind of got like that darker, like uh, 90s sound and uh, I don't know, it just hits close to home of like the music that I grew up listening to. Stuff Thank like you. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, I, um, I grew up listening to a lot of Weezer and um, Ben Folds Five and um, that kind of stuff, along with like, um, you know, a lot of like pop that was happening at the same time. So like, I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've like, the, the people that ha- um, have said similar things like that to me, like people that are around, I'm assuming you're close to my age. I'm 33. So yeah, I I'm 35 too, 30. so yeah. like same era. Yeah, exactly. And when people 
around our age say that kind of thing to me, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of uh, going for, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's so like true to, I, I don't know, just uh, it's almost like I can't put a word to it. It's like a feeling you get when you listen to like those songs from the past and your new single right now too. So it's, it's just cool. Well done. And Thank uh, yeah, thanks for like bringing that vibe back. It's really thanks. awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I want to get more in detail of like the new single and the EP. But before that, um, I feel like we should get to know you a bit too. I'm new to Meg and everything, and uh, and yeah, like um, so apparently you're originally from Newfoundland. Is that true? Yes. Yep. Yep. So I uh, I was born and raised in a town called Grand Falls, Windsor, um, which to <laughs> I think. Most people outside of Newfoundland uh, would consider it a pretty small town. There's, I think there's about 13,000 people in it now. Um, but in Newfoundland standards, it's like the fourth or fifth biggest community there. So um, it's kind of this weird mix of like uh, being rural, um, but also when I was growing up, I guess I didn't realize that it was rural. Um, and then I moved to St. John's uh, to go to university when I was just about 18 and then I lived there for nine years and then moved to Toronto in 2015. Oh, so that's very recent how you came Yeah. What, yeah. what brought you uh, out this way? Well, I fronted a band uh, for eight years called Rip RT and um, we were based out of Newfoundland for a chunk of that time. And it's just very, very expensive and difficult to tour from Newfoundland. Um, and so it was kind of this thing where, I mean, like I had always, not always, but like I had been wanting to move to Toronto for a couple of years. My partner had moved up in 2012 and I was like, you know, it was kind of, it felt to me like it was time to go. And then uh, two months, like I had planned to move up in January of 2015. And then two months before I was moving, I actually met our uh, management team and record label at the time. And they were also based in Toronto. So everything just kind of made a lot of sense to come here. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely miss a lot about home. And especially right now with everything with COVID, like, um, Newfoundland has this policy now where you can't actually visit there. Uh, you have to own property in order to even get to the island or you have to like request an exemption. So it's kind of a bizarre time to be living in Toronto and being from there right now. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that about Newfoundland, how like locked down they are right now. And actually like a, a friend of mine just this week, I got, I got to let him know this information because he uh, kind of quit his job and he's like, Oh, I'm just going to travel out East. And I guess like, <laughs> get to Newfoundland and there's just like, Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you can't go like see your friends and family right now from yeah. back home. It's, um, I don't know. It's such weird times. And even, uh, I don't know, I guess like moving to Toronto makes sense as a musician, like pro, like, or, like before like this whole COVID shit happened. Um, I knew like a lot of people who weren't even signed on labels, but they could get on shows every night. And just, yes. there was like a thriving thing, right? But totally to like a halt right now. So yeah, I know it like, it really made a lot of sense to me at the time. And um, I mean, it's, it's so hard to like envision a normal functioning music industry right now, but it does make a lot of sense to be somewhere like, you know, we had to apply for funding every time we left the island. And it was literally like, 
you know, being in Newfoundland is one thing, but being based in St. John's, it's a nine hour drive just to get to the ferry to get off the island, right? So it would take two days of travel to get from St. John's to Halifax, which was the next nearest, you know, metropolis. So um, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to to live in a major center and at least to live on the mainland because it, you know, in terms of touring, especially it just, it, it is so much easier uh things are so much more accessible up here yeah I, di I didn't know like how much of a chore it was to get to the mainland that's uh, yeah that's interesting to me yeah i mean it's also like i there are some pros to living in newfoundland and being a musician as well like the the music scene there is um unlike anything that i've seen anywhere else like it's you know everybody is incredibly supportive and and it's really small and tight-knit so you kind of have the like the only other comparison that I've heard people mention is Quebec where you have people that are like you know can have functional sustainable careers kind of contained within Quebec and in Newfoundland it's kind of the same way uh, I know obviously Newfoundland is, is much smaller but like um, you know, there are musicians that are not known outside of Newfoundland, but do very well um, within the province. And like, you know, one of the one of the plus sides to the the challenges that came with touring is that like when we hit the road, we were dedicated to being gone for a couple weeks at a time because it didn't make sense to go out for any less than like two weeks. Right. Because mm -hmm. it takes two full days to get off the island. So, you know, it's. Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it, but there's definitely some interesting upsides to being there as well. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's two sides of the coin and <laughs> the, the mm -hmm. situation and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I also want to know, like even go back further in time, uh, what kind of gravitated you to become a musician yourself? I also know like you, you produce music as well. And mm. like, what kind of, um, I don't know, is there any like early memories that uh, gave you the spark of like, or what kind of morphed it into like part of such like a big part of your own identity? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I, um, music has always been something that has been a huge chunk of my identity, like for as far back as I can remember. And what that looked like when I was a kid was, do you know what the Kiwanis Music Festival is? Are you familiar uh, with that? I'm not familiar with it, but uh, right. let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's like, it's like a, a classical music festival. I, I think it's like a national thing, but I really only know it in the context of, um, of growing up in Newfoundland. And um, basically it's like, you know, you do like, this certain number of classes and then like you you do these like master classes with your teachers leading up to it and then it's like you do this performance and you get graded on it and it's like um it's like a, a classical competition festival mm. kind of cool cool yeah and so that was like my whole musical experience really like i i did I kind of wanted to do the battle of the bands thing but i was really timid and and um really intimidated by um, everybody around me and I felt like it was like kind of a thing that only the boys did and all that stuff so my musical outlet was mostly classical and then when I went to university I studied classical music at Memorial in St. John's as well and then I started my last band repartee in my 
final year there, um, kind of out of a little bit of frustration because I had like, I had this plan to like be an opera performer and, and do that whole thing for a while. Like performing was always what uh, has drawn me to music. Like even when I was a kid, like that was what I always loved to do. Um, and then it just kind of wasn't really in the cards for me classically. So I started the band and then um, kind of just dove right into it from there. Yeah, that's really cool. And even like, uh, yeah, this recently I've been hearing about like, there's quite an opera scene in the East Coast. As yeah. Well. I had a guest on the show, uh, Tanya Chinchuli, and uh, she's wrote a book about like a Newfoundland, like classic opera, like legend. I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name yeah. right now. It's bugging me. But uh, but yeah, and she like, I, that's something that's kind of like brand new, like a uh, uh, or like it's rarely kind of like talked about here how big like classical music is on the east coast because uh, a lot of people just kind of relate the east coast to kind of like i guess folk like style. folk yeah yeah like kind of irishy type mm -hmm. too, but, uh, yeah yeah there's a pretty like eclectic uh stuff going on and little niche scenes which i think is really cool yeah there totally is i think that a lot of that kind of speaks to um like, I, I don't know about the entirety of the East Coast, but like with Newfoundland specifically, because it is geographically isolated, you know, it's hard to get to, it's hard to leave. So you get these kind of like weird and interesting clusters of like, um, I don't know, music popping up and art and culture and that kind of thing. So it's neat. Yeah, that's dope. And mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned you were in a band for like quite a number of years. Um, what kind of caused you to take your own solo route and, uh, and everything? Well, um, a lot of it came down to the fact that I was really mentally ill for a couple of years. And, um, you know, I was like, uh, we were working really, really hard and we had all moved up to Toronto and um, the band kind of became my life in this, kind of unhealthy way um and I just reached a point where I was like not functioning um like I couldn't work I couldn't really do much I mean I I was like I was working at a call center at the time and I picked up this like um kind of counter serving job at this like vegan place that just like shut down like two months after I started working there oh, but yeah but um basically that's kind of what it boiled down to like it was just um I had reached a point where I wasn't functioning and it wasn't uh, a healthy situation and so I um just did what I could to kind of push pause on everything and then um I just kind of came out uh, like <laughs> it's kind of interesting because it's it's hard for me to like there was not really like a definitive um point where we all decided to move on or whatever it was kind of a blurry mess of of uh you know uh some dark time so um yeah I was I was writing throughout all of it and then um you know I I wanted to go back to the industry I had had a, a, um, a lot of negative experiences in it, but I also felt kind of compelled to come back to it in some way and, and um, 
keep writing. Like when I left the band, I, I was kind of like, okay, Meg, this is your time now to try and figure out if there's some other direction you want to go in, go back to school. Like, you know, for eight years, the band was my life. So now it was like this kind of wide open space of like, what are you going to do? And um, in some ways it felt pretty organic that I kind of just came back to music and came back to um, writing and, and started producing my own stuff and then got introduced to this world in Toronto here of uh, women and non-binary people in production, which was something that I honestly had never seen before. So I was like, wow, this is really neat. And then, yeah, I guess that's kind of the long version of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's cool to know. And even like, uh, I find like, not even like in band situations, like beyond that people could get, uh, kind of trapped in a, a rut of mm -hmm. just the routine and like of something that almost like identifies themselves with, whether it's like a job yes. or just like, being with like some toxic people in your life too. And like, it takes like a lot of strength to even break away with that sometimes because it becomes like so routine. And you feel like that was like, kind of like the situation with your band, like it becoming like your world and like, and also yeah. how did it initially feel to step away? Was it like, Oh, like a weight off my shoulder. Like you didn't know <laughs> you had was there. Like, well, not really, honestly, like it, it, it was such a, um, it's very complicated. And even now looking back on it, I, I have a hard time kind of unraveling and really like teasing out what was happening or, 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 you know, what, I don't know what the situation actually was. Like it was, it felt a little bit like a boiling frog situation where I had started this band with these certain intentions. And then, you know, years later it was like, I mean, I, I felt like I was kind of out of control of what was happening in, in my life in general. Like it was like I was doing all of these things um, and some of it I really loved. Like that's kind of the, the, the tricky juxtaposition. I think what you were talking about there is when we find ourselves in ruts or in difficult situations, like I think the thing that makes it so complicated and the thing that um, gets us in those positions in the first place is that it's not all bad. And, you know, my time in repartee honestly had some of the best memories of my life. So it was like this very complicated situation of like, okay, I know that there are elements of this career, of this work, of this art that serve me very well. And I really love and I feel very purposeful when I do it. But there's also this like, very scary I guess side of things where I just felt like I I just didn't have any control like if I wanted to to leave or to you know like it was it was my we like at the time that I left there were so many people wrapped up into it you know it wasn't just my my bandmates but it was like also our team and management and like I just had this impending sense that like if I couldn't continue I was gonna let all of these people down wow. so you know it was kind of this crushing weight of like well I can't keep doing this but if I leave then you know all of these people's lives are affected so um it wasn't a relief it was actually really painful to leave and um you know it's been over three years now and there's still some 
after effects of it. And, and like, as I'm kind of taking these steps and, and uh, entering back into the music industry, I'm, you know, reminded of a lot of the, the painful stuff and, and the difficult stuff. So, you know, I definitely am in a much better place and, you know, I'm incredibly privileged to have access to therapy and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know where I'd be without that. So I am definitely doing much better. Um, but it wasn't this like, you know, shedding all this weight and this relief kind of thing. It was definitely quite complicated. Yeah, yeah, like sometimes like, yeah, with a complicated situation like that too, it just takes time and time and like things creep up in ways you don't even know. It's like, yeah. I, actually not to get into this, but uh, yeah, I related to like a lot of stuff you said with like different situations as well too. So mm. yeah, I totally understand, especially the feeling of like, just kind of stepping away from something because in like knowing that other people are relying on yes. you, but almost like, you know, you have to do that to like take care of yourself. Like exactly for the longest time. I was always like a person who would put uh, my own self aside for other people. And just recently as like the past couple of years, it's been like kind of very meditative and even, uh, as terrible as this whole COVID shit is just like having time to just stop a bit and like think yes. too was yep. very healing for me as well. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's hard to do. I mean, you know, especially if, um, you are entangled with other people and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know if you're, I literally don't know you, but (laughs) if you are like a people pleasing kind of person, then the idea of like disappointing other people or letting other people down or knowing that, you know, this, again, this like very painful, awful juxtaposition of like, I have to do this to take care of myself, knowing that that's going to cause pain for other people um it can be really really hard like a really difficult thing to navigate so um good for you for reflecting on that yeah cheers and good for you too for like acknowledging that and doing your thing being a human's tricky sometimes it's so fucking hard (laughs) where's the manual (laughs) i don't know (laughs) oh that's amazing actually one thing too i'm gonna mention um one thing that kind of like helped me uh relieve like a lot of stress was video games and I was looking in your press release and it said you're a big fan of the legend of Zelda. Yes. It's me close to uh, home as well. And I, I just want to know, like, do you have a favorite one in that series? It's really hard to pick because it is such a like, um, nostalgic thing for me like I'm sure it I'm assuming you're also a fan of the series yeah 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 so it's like you know I know like to me the feeling that I get when I play Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time is like unparalleled but I'm like I don't know if these games are actually that amazing or just (laughs) if they like mean something to me um but uh when I started playing Breath of the Wild it was like um I don't know. I mean, it's just like, I feel like that game is kind of well known as one of the greatest, you know, most expansive video games in the last, you know, decade or so. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. They're all awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, that's facts as well, too. But yeah, usually my go-to is somebody asks me my favorite. I'll say Link to the Past because exactly nostalgia, just the feeling I had when I was a child. Yeah. But actually, like, um, yeah, speaking of, like, just taking time for yourself for, like, COVID or whatever, um, I finally finished Breath of the Wild. And I started it, like, when it was new. Yeah. And I had, like, the weirdest experience that like pushed me away from it. Like, uh, I was with, uh, my past girlfriend for like almost seven years and we were playing it together and we didn't finish it, but like in the middle, she broke up with me. I wanted, I tried to play it like afterwards and it turned into like PTSD. Oh yeah. (laughs) But like, so like two years later, it's like it's like COVID. I'm just like, oh, I, I gotta play this. I hear this is the best game ever, and um, yeah, just randomly, um, an Instagram account hit me up like the week I was about to put it in, and it was I don't even know if this is even legal, but it was like uh, for a company that delivers shrooms. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I ordered like mushrooms, and I I had like this meditative weekend where I turned off my phone, and like I just kind of tripped a little bit, and I played Breath of the Wild like like front to back and it was just like this beautiful experience oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah so uh, amazing. and yeah even like to, to go like full circle back into your music too uh your latest single bomb it says uh like in your press release it's about navigating memories so that that's something i did <laughs> in like the weirdest way with the breath of the wild and i want to li- i want to know a little bit further of uh the meaning behind bomb and everything Right. Well, I mean, it is like, how do I explain this? Like, I know obviously bomb is a metaphor. It's not a literal bomb, but, um, it, I, like, I, I literally got this, this was like in 2017 or 2018, maybe 2017. And I got this like notification on my phone and I noticed that like, you know, this was kind of when I was in the thick of my mental illness and, and leaving the band and everything it was all like, my life was just a dumpster fire. And so I like was sitting down at the keyboard and I looked at my phone and this, you know, um, response, like this, like physiological response started happening. And I was like, well, that's it. Now my whole day is written off. Um, I'm just going to be ruminating on this thing all day and like I I feel um I feel like uh I guess like proud is kind of the word I don't know but like I I I like the fact that I sat I I had this like stimulus response looking at my phone and then I sat there and kind of wrote the song um pretty well all in one go I think I, like I probably went back and revisited and reworked some things, but to me it was kind of like this like snapshot of like that's what was happening at that time in my life. Like I would I would you know I was trying to um, get better and and um, start over I guess in a way and try to figure out who I was because like I said like my whole identity in a very intense and unhealthy way was that band and so trying to like untangle myself from 
that and what that meant for me in my life. And I mean, it, it was painful in a lot of ways, not to mention the fact that I had like, you know, lost my job. Like that was also a huge source of my income. Right. So like lots of layers of shit going on. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I, it was just a very, very difficult time. So it, it, I feel like it, it is kind of a bit of a, a snapshot or like capturing this like very specific moment. Um, and I still have those moments. Those days are like less and less now. Um, and lots of times um, if I see something that will cause a response in me, I'm, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't usually wipe out my whole day like it used to. Um, but that's basically what would happen. Like I would, you know, honestly, I'd be having conversations with other people and this like thing would be playing out in the back of my mind about like what I should have said or what I should have done or how I, everything was my fault or, you know, like it was just like this crazy thought pattern um that I couldn't stop and it's it felt like it felt like a, a bomb it felt like an aggressive unstoppable thing mm, yeah do you feel like uh, making a song about stuff like that um helps like heal the wounds and stuff because I've had many comedians on the show too and they said uh a lot of like their best materials came like has came from like times of pain and then mm. almost like putting that on the paper and then performing it live and turning it into something that everybody's like laughing at. It's like you kind of like dominate the problem, but I've never right. talked to like uh, a singer about this subject. Do you, do you get a few, like a similar feeling when you turn something like that into a song? Yeah, definitely. Um, I find that, I mean, there's kind of, for me, there's kind of two layers of it because it does feel, um, incredibly cathartic to put it out there um and to have it written down and like this idea of like especially when i was very like dysfunctionally depressed having something kind of created out of nothing was like really really helpful for me you know it was the same thing as like something simple like cleaning up a really messy room like it's like you start with something some way and then you finish and the thing is completely different like that it was the same kind of like process um but it also does get a little bit complicated because i not that i don't i have difficulty talking about it but it is a bit of a complex situation so it's like you know, sometimes I find it better to not think about the idea of other people hearing it, mm. um, not think about the idea of releasing it and just kind of like, I have a ton of songs that people will never ever hear. And, you know, there is definitely something in just writing them that feels um, like liberating or freeing or, um, you know, lifting of a weight or whatever. But um, it does sometimes feel a little complicated when I think about the idea of like putting it out there and um, giving it away or like whatever the, the term is like, you know, opening myself up. It's, it's, yeah, it's very like a vulnerable thing to do as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that part of it, sometimes I have to just turn that part of my brain off. And, and also, you know, I've, when I was in repartee before, like with the songwriting thing was very much like um, a commodity and now it's like, I can't always 
think of it in that way because it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that the age old thing, like if you interview a lot of creative people or artistic types or whatever, or if you're creative yourself, like it's like the, the act of making art sometimes feels like the antithesis of selling it in some ways, right? Like obviously the world isn't completely binary, but like, Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I just have to turn that that like marketing side and business side of my brain off and and be like, hey, I'll just get this out. And if nobody ever hears it, that's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. And it sometimes like that's the best stuff too when you try not to calculate it in a way. Yes. Like sometimes I fall into a lot too. It's just the way this stuff works. It's always just like a juggling act of, oh, I should do this more on my social media or whatever. Yes. But it's sometimes just like taking a breath and just like making something that's just like raw and natural. Like, and you put it out and that's the shit that connects with people too. And hmm. even um, I find too with like songs or other art form too, uh, like a lot of like the creators, they'll like, feel so vulnerable like putting something out to and then those are like the ones that kind of get like the reaction because it is so real and yeah well that you might not even know like just start connecting with it in a way and be like oh my god i needed to hear this today yeah and, yeah and um yeah i think just bomb itself is such like a very unique concept too and it's like a type of song like i don't really hear about often like uh as you break it down too. So it's, it's really cool that, uh, that you wrote it. And um, this is going to be part of like a, an EP coming out in November. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. November 27th. Awesome. Awesome. Is there like, um, like a similar theme going through the EP or is it like different songs? Or? Um, not really. Um, I called it the, uh, the EP is called a thousand ways. And um, there is a song on the EP that, is also called that. So um, it makes sense that I would call the EP that. But basically, it's like, I, I liked that title, because um, I felt like with um, being in my old band, like my life had a very singular focus. And I feel like, um, going through that really difficult time, um, I, I realized, like, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what is important to me and what, um, matters to me in my life in general. And so, you know, the song a thousand ways is, is all about like how, you know, like the ultimate focus if there is a singular focus in my life now the ultimate focus is to to just kind of be happy and so you know what does that mean what does that look like what does that look like in terms of like you know an integrated life with friends and family and hobbies and video games and music and everything kind of all together right like it's like you know I think that especially when we're I don't know if you can relate to this, but like when we're in our twenties and we're, you know, if you're in any sort of like entrepreneurial world, you're taught that like, you know, you have to hustle and grind and outwork all the competition and work harder than your peers and do all this stuff. And, um, you know, that's kind of the only way to have any sort of success in this world. And if you don't do that, uh, or if you don't have success, then it's, 
your fault or like it's a mark of you uh, not working hard enough or being lazy or whatever. And, and I just, I feel so different from that person now. And I just feel like, you know, this EP is like very raw and vulnerable. And a lot of the songs I wrote, I, I wasn't thinking about how it was going to lead me to success. Honestly, like I, I know that that sounds like maybe I'm being disingenuous, but like, I honestly was just kind of writing to get it out. And, um, I just feel like, you know, I think that there's just a bunch of different ways to get to this, like, I don't know, success, happiness, integrated, like whatever you want to call it. Like, I think that there's, there's more than one way. And, you know, there's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, you make you make a lot of sense too. It's like uh, sometimes people go through life thinking there's like a template to like how yeah. you, more based on like what other people are telling you and speaking in your ear. It's like uh, I really related to you like when you were talking about how like in your twenties, it's like people are like, "Oh, you gotta hustle! You gotta hustle! You gotta hustle!" And I've done that, and it's there's really like a lot of pros and cons to that, and like. I've learned that actually when everything stopped over COVID and I produced some of like my strongest work by taking a second to breathe. And I noticed like um, there, there is power into the hustle too, but mm -hmm. sometimes when you get too busy, you're just like not producing like, I don't know, like uh, like your best work in a way. It's not right. like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good word for it, but it's just like, not like, uh, it's not like true and just uh, Authentic. kind of push, pushing it for the sake of, of working instead yeah. of strategizing and breathing and looking yeah. back on it and morphing it into and patching the different things. And yeah, that's totally. been something that's been on my mind a lot too. And like yeah. sometimes um, taking a breath is just as strong as the hustle, you know? You definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I do think that there is kind of this balance. I think that uh, for a while coming out of the band, like for me, the pendulum had swung in the complete opposite direction. And I was like, you know, fuck everything with business and, you know, hustling and all this stuff. And I think that, um, I mean, A, there's a lot of people that live very full and happy lives living their lives that way. So, you know, who am I to, I'm not saying that that's all blanketly wrong. Mm -hmm. I just mean that like in my situation, what that looked like for me was, um, you know, not addressing and not confronting my problems and throwing everything into my career. So that if, you know, if my life was, a table it would have been one of those nightstands that's all from one leg and then the you know the leg was the band and then getting rid of that leg what do i have there was nothing else to hold it up right so like yeah, true. that's kind of how that uh, mentality functioned for me in my life um and i you know i'm again i'm glad you brought that up because i do think that there's a lot of people that um are like enjoy working that way and like honestly enjoy it and don't do it from an unhealthy standpoint of like not addressing their, their personal issues, um, which was kind of what I was doing. So, um, you know, it is, again, it's kind of complicated. Um, but I just, I think for me, 
I really had to distance myself from that way of operating within the industry because it, it just was not like I, I couldn't, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not like a, I think I'm dedicated and I think I'm hardworking, but like I'm, I, I don't I feel like I'm just like a very like, you know, uh, I don't know, like even temperament. Like I don't have like extreme highs and lows in my, you know, way of thinking or like, I don't like my partner, for example, will kind of go through these like obsessive phases where he'll just like latch on to, to like a very specific niche type of music and learn everything that he can. And it's really lovely and admirable. And I like, I'm just not that person. I don't like go through these like obsessive, uh, uh, like information hungry kind of phases. Uh, like, and I think that I felt like I, there was no other way to exist in the industry except to be obsessive about it. And yeah. I kind of decided not to, I'm just not going to do that. I, I just can't do it. I did it and I ended up very, very sick. So, you know, I'd rather like, you know, be a part-time musician and a part-time bartender than to be a full-time musician and to be as unwell as I was. So. Yeah. 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 And sometimes you just like, I don't know, outside opinions can make you believe you have to do that hustle to yeah. you. Feels wrong. I, I had a, a past guest on the show. Uh, she's like an author and like kind of like a life coach and uh, her name's Selena Rose. And uh, one thing that all she said that always sticks with me is uh, listen to your body. Because mm. that has so much truth. Like sometimes your mind can be like, okay, I have to do this. And especially like in the, in what we're talking about, the pressure to, to just exhaust yourself and hustle and hustle and hustle. But then you can start feeling sick and like yeah. you're not listening to like exactly how you actually feel because yeah. like the the mind game going on and everything and yeah, yeah. even um when i feel like i'm in an unhealthy rut like sometimes like her voice just kind of pops in my head and it's just like it's like a, it's like the best takeaway i've had from like all these interviews I've done, I've done like almost like 150 of them wow. now. And, and just like that little snippet, listen to your body. It's like always like sticks with me and like gives me like these reminders of, yo, you can breathe. You can, uh, yeah. you can, uh, you can sleep in today. Like just yeah. <laughs> like reset. And then you'll be able to do what you wanted to do even stronger after that, yeah. that little, downtime or whatever. that's really smart yeah i remember actually I, I i have to find the source of this because i have like brought up this anecdote to a couple of people but i don't remember where it came from i just remember i was listening to this podcast a couple years ago and there was this guy on there who was like talking about how he was like this avid cross-country or mountain biker some sort of like um like competitive biker and he or cyclist, I should say. And he was like, um, trying to constantly beat his own record and his own like time trial or whatever. And so <laughs> I'm just realizing that might only be a Mario Kart term. I don't know. If yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but for other people, <laughs> yeah. he was always trying to beat his own ghost. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he was like, you know, working really, really hard and always trying to beat his own record. And then he kind of just one day decided to just kind of go out and enjoy 
the trail on his own and, and, and like enjoy riding. And when he came back and checked his time, it was either like the exact same time or actually even slightly. Sorry, getting a no call problem. from Sierra Leone apparently. Um, and uh, yeah, he like found that his time was either exactly what it was when he was trying very hard or it might've even been like a second or two faster. Wow. So yeah, it was kind of like, I wish I could find the source of that podcast, but that honestly, like I think back on that pretty regularly because I feel like that's kind of, doesn't that happen all the time? Like we work so hard and we think about these things and like, you know, a, 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 like a really intense stakes. And then it's not like we don't just kind of sit back and enjoy the work. And it's like, you know, there's all kinds of studies that show that once you start working past like uh, 35 hours a week or something, like there's not much difference between the output between someone who works like a 35 hour week and a 60 hour week. Like it's basically the same thing because at a certain point you reach a point where you're just not being as productive as you would be if you did have rest and time in between work. And, you know, I always find that really interesting. Yeah, it's so true too. And I noticed too, like with like a lot of like different artists, it's like you start doing whatever your art form is from music, filmmaking, painting, it uh, starts because you just genuinely love it. Like you enjoy doing it. And then once it starts turning into a thing, it's, um, I don't know, you can, like the biker you mentioned, you're, you're doing it because of pressure and everything. Yeah. And you can get into these moments where you just hate what you love. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's something that happened to me like a couple of years ago. Uh, outside of this, I'm a videographer and, uh, early like uh, or like probably about like eight years ago I fell into like this one YouTube channel of filming like battle rap which I was originally a fan of and then I got so deep in that scene and the way it was growing and I remember going to events and being like just like disgruntled and like stressed <laughs> like yeah. I hate this and then I had a moment like the biker where it's just like I, I, I took a deep breath and I took a couple events off and I went back into it and it's like, you know what? I actually fucking love this shit, but yeah. just my own pressure of like trying to be better than whatever your last thing was or whatever. It takes like almost like it starts turning into your, your craft turns into like the full-time job feeling. Yeah. And whatever. Exactly. It's like you're motivated by like obligation or, um, you know, like, uh, something like a competition even if it's within yourself and then it's like well what did I like about this you know what was the thing that I that drew me to this in the first place and kind of going back to that space is hard to do but it 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 can be a nice reminder sometimes yeah definitely definitely I forget who said it to somebody said to me too it's like you're a professional when you have moments where you just really hate what you love <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah, so, yeah it's it's a crazy game it's, it's it's fun to uh to kind of break it down with you too because it's such an untraditional path in like um I don't know I find like many creatives to um I don't know. I guess it's easier now because there's there are podcasts and like you can easily access like your favorite people on Twitter or whatever. But back in the day to like pursue this like 
like at times like you feel like kind of like an alien and mm-hmm. I know you're from like a smaller town and same with me as well too and I had like all these feelings to pursue like the arts mm. but um it wasn't something I did till like later on in my life because it just felt like no you have to do something practical yeah. like when really like I learned later on that this is practical people get a lot out of this and mm-hmm. uh, you, you do serve like a purpose in a way but like earlier it's just like I don't know, almost discouraged and like, totally. I was kind of like half doing like little projects like in the closet and then, yep. I don't know, it's like, luckily I had an epiphany and I think like um, lots of like small town people who have that seed in them for whatever that sparked them, like go through those waves as well. Absolutely. I totally relate to that. Where did you grow up? Uh, Niagara so oh nice yeah yeah actually like lots of people like when I say that they think like I lived like in the touristy area <laughs> so right. like, weird. but there's actually like a really big suburban area outside of it and it's, oh, okay like, it's kind of got that small town feeling everybody knows each other and, right yeah, yeah. yeah it's, nice it's interesting to be in the city right now and, and like yeah you mentioned you were here like um for five years right yeah well it'll be six years now in January yeah how did you feel like initially like living in the city like making that jump like it it is a weird spot because even like you drive like a half hour out of Toronto and it feels like a different universe you know there's like a different pace and just uh I don't know yeah I mean there was definitely a lot of um a lot of new things to get used to um and there's still, honestly, there's still some things about living, uh, I think just kind of on the mainland in general, um, like the weather is just a completely different world here. I mean, Newfoundland, I think is kind of known for its bad weather, but St. John's especially is like, you know, I think it's like, um, I actually don't know. I don't want to haul a number out of my ass, but they're like, there's, like so much fog and overcast and rain like throughout the year um the summers can be you know quite cold like it's not as cold there in the winter as a lot of people think it is um it's actually like way colder here um so that was another thing to get used to but like this this mentality um like I think that almost every Newfoundlander I know has this where like, if it's a nice day, you feel guilty for not being outside because mm-hmm. there's so few of them, especially in the summer, honest to God, like the, the, the nice, hot, warm, sunny days in St. John's uh, are very few and far between. And especially like this idea of like a warm night just doesn't like the temperature drops a good 10 degrees every night. So like that was like, a really like I still feel um like it's like a gift in the in the summers to have a, a warm night like I just it's like such a really beautiful thing yeah and, that's a great like, thing to appreciate too yeah yeah it's like honestly and I'm I'm like one of those people that's cold all the fucking time so like <laughs> you know being able to actually sit outside on my front porch and like maybe sweat a little bit is like so amazing. Um, and this idea too of like, you're going to find this hilarious, but like being able to drive to the American border is like 
honestly something that you just you can't do in newfoundland you know like there's nowhere you can't if you drive for nine hours in the opposite direction of st john's you're still going to be on newfoundland right so it's yeah, like true. you know that um i don't know it's just like it those two things seem so small and subtle but like it is it is a pretty dramatic shift in um like with driving to the border it's like this idea of accessibility you know being able to drive um not last summer but the summer before i drove down to nashville and i did it in a day you know like that's just like inconceivable when you're living on an island so yeah yeah stuff like that is really neat yeah it's incredible and it's 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 good that you say things like that just to put it like perception because sometimes people get used to the blessings and the gifts you have and where it's like i don't know i think the human brain in general too it's like you get used to something great yeah. And then you stop thinking about it and it's almost like it turns into like a greed of like, I won't, but this isn't perfect and I need yeah. this and this when yeah. really like sometimes you just can take a breath and just look around you. Even at some low times, it's like, you know what? I'm okay, you know? Yeah, yeah but that not that human nature though? You know, like we just kind of um, get used to these like incredible blessings and, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's facts. But uh, I want to thank you for going deep with me today. Yeah. I, I love this. We're going to have to do a part two down the road. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm a new fan. I'm excited for the new EP to come out. Thank and, you. And um, that is my notes, November 27th. Yeah. So we'll definitely uh, release this episode sometime before then, maybe in the next couple weeks or so. But uh, once again, thank you for your time today, Meg. And, thank uh, you, Sean. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's around the corner for you. And uh, like always, we're going to end with a song. So here is Bomb. <laughs> <laughs>